This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our show for this Thursday morning. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show for the next five hours. And we appreciate you joining us today. All right, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go around and share what everybody's working on today. But we got rock news coming up in just a little bit. Corn has done like a metal cover of a of a country music classic. So I think we're gonna hear some of that in rock news today. A celebrity is starting a beer pong league. So I want to find out more about that. I mean, is he going to go after the the best beer pong players, or is it just like... If you can handle cele- your alcohol? Yeah, if you can handle your alcohol or not. Um, some celebrities have come out uh, endorsing well, depending on the celebrity, various debunked COVID-19 uh, theories. Madonna is on the hydroxychloroquine uh, train, it looks like. Madonna uh, posted a lot of stuff that indicates that... Well, one of the things uh, she and Dr. Trump and... Uh, Dr. Trump? You said Dr. Trump. Donald oh, Trump. Oh, he got I was confused. I was thinking of Dr. Demon Seaman uh, lately. <laughs> <laughs> she agrees with them. She thinks hydroxychloroquine is the is the cure-all and that it's being suppressed by Big Pharma. So, all right, Madonna and Camp uh, Trump as far as that goes, I guess. Let's uh, go ahead. We'll share what everybody's working on today. And why don't we start with news headlines. And Lisa Sanchez, Lisa, what do we have coming up? RBJ, or RBG, she's back in the hospital. I mean, she cannot catch a break. Uh, This time, though, she said she was in there to get a routine uh, procedure, uh, a bile duct that was replaced last year, had to be replaced again. Uh, She is recovering comfortably, but come on, girl. We got like, (laughs) what, three months, four months? You you hang in there. Hang in there and then retire. Do whatever you want. Go play golf. I don't care, but just hang in there, girl. That's all I ask. You think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a golfer? I don't care what she does in her spare time, to be honest. All right. Come on. Joanna, how about entertainment news? What do you have headlining in entertainment news today? The Academy of Television Arts and Sciences has informed its members and its brand new nominees that it will be going virtual this year with their Emmys. Ah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we probably expect that. I think the Emmys Mm -hmm. are coming up in, in about a month. Right in September. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think it comes as a big surprise that they're not going to have thousands of people in an arena to give out TV awards. So so they let their brand new nominees know that they'll have to prepare to party from home. And uh, sports news. Brandon, what do you got coming up in sports news today? Well, Major League Baseball, they realize they may have a bit of a problem with the Marlins on their hands. They're not saying it's the end of the world. 
they're looking at changing some of the rules. They have a 30-man roster now to kind of boost the amount of players available. That was only supposed to be for the first two weeks of the season. Now they're looking at possibly extending it throughout the entire season. Plus, what would you think about seven-inning games? Yeah, I think baseball games generally are too long. I mean, for the most part, there there's like a lot in the middle part where you're like, God, I, I kind of wish we could skip ahead to the ninth inning well, at this point. They're starting to look at that for double headers. One of the ideas that's being floated out there is that during a double header, have one nine inning game, one seven inning game, or have both of them be seven inning games. Yeah, man, if you could shorten up a, uh, baseball games. See, I, who decided to make it nine innings long? Mr. Baseball? I feel like like a hundred years ago, you didn't have anything else to do. Why not nine <laughs> innings? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you'd already gone all the way to the park. Uh, you're sitting this there. It cost me five cents, nine innings. Yeah. You're, you're sitting there in your heavy wool suit in the middle of August watching well, it was, baseball. It is America's pastime. So. Yeah. I think it was America's past pastime. <laughs> I don't know how many people consider baseball to still be America's pastime. Lots of people. Yeah, sure. Not as many as like 100 years ago, though. It was like unanimous back in those days. You ever seen those? People are out there. You know it's the summertime because it's baseball, and they got those old-timey suits and felt hats on oh, and yeah. everything. It's like, God. Imagine doing that, Buzz, Glutton this year. for punishment. Um, all right, so we got that uh, coming up in sports a little bit later. Yeah, a lot of hot takes on uh, COVID-19 from celebrities like Madonna and uh, who's the guy from the NBA who had a whole string of uh, like conspiracy theories. Oh, the fact that it's um, population control and, uh, oh man, what else did he say? That was the big one. It's uh, it's Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. That's who it okay. is. Oh, Madonna, by the way, was posted on social media, and it got flagged and taken down by social media. So for anybody who says they only go after, you know, re- Republicans or conservatives, I don't think anybody would call Madonna a Republican or conservative. Definitely not. And she got flagged on it, so... Uh, do you want to hear what the top comfort foods uh, that Americans are leaning on to deal with pandemic stress? Absolutely. What What would you imagine? Mm. Comfort foods. Yeah. I've Maybe been leaning bacon? on bacon? bread. Like people are baking. Yeah, yeah bread. bread and oh, stuff. Oh, like and sweets. Uh, I would say ice cream. I bet a lot of pizzas getting ordered. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. pizza's got to be way up there. So <laughs> I can go with ice cream, too, just because it's been so damn hot. In order in this survey, number one, potato chips. 62% of people that were surveyed said they've had uh, potato chips Yum. in the last few months. Ice cream came in at number two. Yeah. Chocolate or candy at number three. <laughs> pizza at number four. There you go. 56% of people said they've had pizza since the pan. What? 56% of people? You are lying. Somebody is lying Somebody's out there. Somebody's lying. You had more than 56% of people have had a pizza. Because yeah. every time I order, they're like, hey, it may take a while. Yeah, yeah. we got so many orders, Everybody's right? ordering pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, also making the top five, mac and cheese came in uh, at 51%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, mac and cheese with weenies or without weenies? Because with weenies, is bomb. It is bomb with weenies. It uh, doesn't say. I imagine mac and cheese with weenies would be counted in that 51 percentile. 
<laughs> pasta, mashed potatoes, chicken noodle soup. Uh, three out of four people said they're eating more comfort food. What is the definition of a comfort food? Uh, usually, isn't it like something hot or not as good for you? Well, I don't know. Something Ice cream made vegetable. the list. Yeah, I thought high in fat content was something that was up there. One time I was talking to the to the manager of uh, Golden Corral, mm-hmm. and he was saying, yeah, our business model is comfort food. I mean, that's what we do. And I'm like, you guys serve a lot of different stuff. I mean, is it all comfort food? That meatloaf with ketchup on top? Is that, that meatloaf is <laughs> it's so good. good. It's so good. And people are it's like, ah, it's just got ketchup on top of it. It's yeah. like, I know. That's the secret. All right. It's delicious. <laughs> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. A couple, what is it with Massachusetts today? Everything's from Massachusetts. A couple there got arrested for going on a naked dog walk. Uh, This was in Hopkinton, uh, Massachusetts. Got a call around 6.30 on Monday that said a couple was walking their dog and they were naked, all of them, the dog too. Everybody was (laughs) naked. (laughs) When the uh, police tracked down the couple, 32-year-old Mariel Kenny and 30-year-old Kevin Pinto both took off running. They also started attacking the officers when they caught up with them. See, I was thinking they were just like, oh, they're like hippie nudists. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it sounds like there's more uh, going on, possibly meth-related. I don't know for a (laughs) fact, though. But they were both arrested for indecent exposure. Tacked on with assault and battery on a police officer. Oh, boy. Disturbing the peace, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. So why were they naked? Yeah. Well, the cops say the couple wouldn't give them a straight answer. Like, they don't know why they were naked. Okay. Police did say their dog was very well behaved, though. Oh. (laughs) They said it was a good doggo. All right, we're joined by comedian Nico Ajimian. You follow him on his socials at Nico Adjective, <laughs> and he tweets at Nico's Fake News. What's up? Good morning, buddy. Wasn't expecting you today. No? Yeah, you cooked a pizza, then crashed out before you ate the pizza, and then, then I went I on ate. a bike ride, and you were gone, man. Yeah. Well, I ate the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wait till it cooled down a bit. Yep. I thought we'd take uh, some phone calls off our neckline. That's a line that we have set up. It's basically a recorder, but if you want to leave a message and you don't want to call in during the show, you can do that anytime you like on the toll-free neckline at 844-805-NECK. That's 844-805-6325. Hey, morning show. I just had a uh, suggestion for a topic to discuss. Um, Long-time listener, love you guys, from Alamogordo. Um, We're all in this quarantine time, uh, you know, and we've all under, we're all doing different things like Zoom meetings and and universities and classes and schools are going uh, online and doing it with Zoom and stuff. Do you, what elements of these things do you think are going to be staying with us? For example, like how long do you think we're going to be wearing masks? Will education be changed even after this is all done and more offerings will be given through Zoom and things like that? Like, what stays after COVID is gone? Thanks. I love you guys. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was a great question. I love that question. Uh, That's a good neckline call right there, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Yeah. For that guy. Solid neckline call. It is good. Um, 
I think maybe people will be more likely to wear masks as kind of like a part of their routine. Like traveling. Like you, like you see Asian uh, travelers, mm-hmm. you know, have been wearing masks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you might see more of that as far as mask requirements. I don't, I think those mask requirements will be uh, gone as soon as there's as soon either as a vaccine or as soon as it's no longer the public health threat that it is. I think a lot of people have already uh, expressed that when things go back to nor- or some semblance of normalcy, a lot of people have said, I hope I can still work from home. Like there are some people that hate it, but then there are a lot of people who really love it. So I think you're going to see a lot more work from home, work from remote locations. I think you might be seeing a big, uh, mig- I, again, this is just speculation. You might see a bigger migration out of big urban centers as people can work from their computer and their desk and do these zoom meetings. You might see people moving further out and not even talk about the suburbs, but like for further out, it could be a real revival for rural America mm-hmm. as people move to smaller towns. Yeah. yeah. I gonna think going to have to boost that internet in Okmulgee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a good signal in Okmulgee. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like a town like my hometown was a boom town, like in the 20s, and all these oil millionaires built these you, mansions. Boomer. Yeah. Now you can buy these mansions with like formal ballrooms on the third floor. Really? For like under $100,000 and stuff. I th- okay, here's one that I'm pretty sure is going to happen. You're going to see a lot of businesses making sure that they are ready to go and be uh, classified as essential. You know, some of these mm-hmm. things like... As so ex- in case this happens again, they're like, oh, we already have our restaurant license, even though we're a bar. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see a lot of bars that do whatever it takes to be considered a restaurant. A good example is Michael's. Uh, didn't have to shut down, but Hobby Lobby did. And it, what was the reason again, Lisa, that Michaels was able to stay open? Because they have a um, ser- postal service out of it. They have the UPS that you can ship packages. Right. So, and, I, so I would them. imagine Hobby Lobby is probably taking steps to make sure that uh, they're able to stay open. After except this, on, you're except gonna, on Sundays, you're going <laughs> to see the first bar slash grocery store slash post office slash PO box stop um, all in the same place. It's going to be happening now. Yeah, so what's a good way to say this? I see a lot of places that uh, were not exempt as essential businesses doing what they can to technically be considered an essential business in case this happens again. Mm-hmm. Anything else come to mind? I think everybody will be a webcam model at some point. <laughs> yeah, <everyone>. Model? <laughs> well, only what, fans. Only, yeah, exactly. It's just us in bed eating. Uh, yeah, no, I think hugging or like uh, shaking hands. I think those are things that are going to be kind of hard to like, Do you shake by? hands now? No. At the beginning of all this, uh, it was like a, my first impulse, especially if somebody stuck their hand out, was to you know shake mm-hmm. their hand because it's just something that you're taught to do. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to be Especially rude. if you're a boy. Yeah. You know, you're taught to... You, you never leave a guy hanging. Well, it <laughs> feels just weird, too. Cause like, we had... We had to have a plumber come over yesterday because we were having problems with... Did he uh, want to shake when shower. it was time to go? Well, I mean, it's like... Because that's usually how you wrap things hey, up. Thanks and it's for like, coming. Hey, thanks, right. You know, I appreciate it. And it's like a, a sign of appreciation. Mm-hmm. But yesterday it was just kind of like, thank you. It was like the, the Melania, and that's the end. And yeah. then the guy just kind of leaves. Like, it just feels weird. Did right. you like bow to him, like, thank you for your service? <laughs> yes, kind of. 
Like you just kind of do this thing right here, like kind of. Yeah, I met someone the other day, and we're like, "Oh, hi, I'm so and so. Hi, I'm so and so." And he put out his hand in front of me, and I said, "I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore," because <laughs> I just didn't know what to say. And he started laughing. He's like, "Elbows?" Like, I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's... I will no longer shake hands. You may kneel to me. <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty. Just in general. Here's another <laughs> no. call. Well, you're talking about that census thing, and um, um, if you're here illegally. Then, and you're you're already getting free health care. You're getting all kinds of crap for free that I can't get, and I'm an American. Now you want to count them on the census so more liberal people can freaking be elected to Congress? Um, no, that ain't gonna happen. I don't care whatever. If you're here illegally, you already broke the law, so go back home. Dean from Abilene. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Oh, by the way, this is Dean from Abilene. We could tell. Come on, Dean. Where to start on that? First of all, the census has always been to count everybody regardless of their immigration status. So that's citizens, naturalized citizens, people with work visas, everybody, and yes, undocumented undocumented aliens. Because it's meant to count everybody for a bunch of different reasons, like... Uh, how many cops do you need in an area? How many emergency services uh, do you need? How frequently do you need to update roadways, right. yeah. sidewalks? It, like it's an infrastructure question. So, so it, it has always been a big urge. Is like, hey, listen, the census is not for finding people illegally. In the, it's a head count of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's what it's been established. Well, and you don't want to have that question to scare people off, right? Like, you don't want to have the the opportunity for people to even just get caught. You know, I've I've been working for two census cycles. So my first census was 2000, the second one was 2010 because they're every 10 years. And it's always been a big push, especially in the Spanish-speaking community to kind of allay fears that they were going to be outed. Not even people illegally in the country. Maybe you've got a relative that lives and they're illegally in the country, there are a lot of people who are like, well, maybe I shouldn't answer the census because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, my cousin or my aunt might get caught or whatever. So the push has always been uh, to get the word out. Look, this is a count. This is not trying to get anybody. You're perfectly safe participating in the census. I don't know. After the shenanigans that we saw from the administration that went all the way to the Supreme Court last year, I, I could certainly understand people being a little gun shy but you know i want to also address the thing where immigrants all get free health care that you know that's a thing that a lot of people believe because it's been drummed into their head uh there there are some services that undocumented immigrants are eligible for like immunization for their kids uh like an emergency like an emergency, if you showed up in an emergency room, they mm-hmm. would see. But this idea that everybody comes over and immediately signs up for all these health services that you as a citizen aren't allowed to get is largely a fantasy uh, concocted by uh, mostly, you know, the the right. If you look at it close, I mean, a good argument, they've done study study after study on this that finds that people illegally in the country aren't just a drain on the economy. You've got people who are doing these jobs, especially in the agricultural field, 
look, if you enjoy going to buy strawberries and paying $2 for it, the reason you're not paying $10 for it is because they're paying uh, people illegally in the country to do that sort of stuff. They take out payroll tax. A lot of times they take out Social Security. And, yes, sometimes it's because the undocumented person is using uh, somebody else's Social Security number. But there's been a lot of studies that show that undocumented workers pay more in to uh, the system than they ever get out. So, I mean, there's plenty of studies, Dean, that show illegal immigrants are partially responsible for the social security still being something that we're going to have maybe not much longer anyway i'm just saying it's not as cut and dried as oh they come here and only take and never give mm. that's not the case come and on, there have been multiple studies that back that up but definitely respond to the census i'm 99 sure you'll be okay it's the buzz adams morning show podcast all right, we're going to talk about uh, spanking, which has been a an issue. I think uh, the a thing that I read recently, they said that younger parents are much less likely to to spank than older parents. Which I mean, if you're older, doesn't that mean your kids are older too? No. What? Well, what are they talking about? Younger parents and. Vis-a-vis well, there's older people parents. who are 20 that are having kids, and there's people who are 40 that are having kids. Yeah, a lot of people are waiting l- a lot later to have kids now. Wait, is that what the study was saying, though, or is it was it saying that people who had kids in the past but don't have any more? Well, definitely in the if you went back a hundred years, Get me a spanking, not even a hundred. <laughs> that's what I thought. By yeah, older. Not, it, well, I mean, what does the actual study? Uh, spanking has declined in America. Study finds. But pediatricians worry about impact of pandemic. What does the pandemic have to do with spanking? Being cooped up with a kid. So I think it, it probably. Well, that that I mean, at that point, if you're if you're hitting your kid more often because you're cooped up, that's your that's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably right. But that's the only reason. Millennials and Gen X parents appear to be spanking their kids less than previous generations. So they are comparing it to parents today as opposed mm-hmm. to parents. 30, 40 years ago or more. Mm-hmm. God, my mom used to break wooden spoons on my butt. I usually got it with a belt, but sometimes it would be whatever was handy. <laughs> whatever was the, was within arm's reach. Whatever was handy. Oh, you know what the worst was? When I got a spanker for my grandmother, who would make you go out and get a, a switch. Get a switch, and you had to pick your own out. Oh, you yeah. Like a, like a lightweight dead one uh, that wasn't going to yes, have... Yes, like in the biblical times. Then she would go pick one out, and she would get one of those like green ones. This is a and better one. That, yeah, and it's like the noise. thinner one, and it goes in the air. And it goes whoosh. Yep. Oh. You guys got the switch? Oh, I... No, I'm talking to Lisa and oh, Joanna. No, I'm talking no. about like... The, I got whatever got. was near. Yeah, whatever was nearby, usually like a belt. Uh, according to child abuse pediatrician Dr. Robert Siege, uh, the article's impressive corresponds with our view that there's been a generational change. Well, that's not surprising to me at all. Mm-hmm. Sure, parents today definitely spank their kids a lot less. I mean, I would just assume that without ever looking at a study. Uh, Dr. Siege says younger people tend not to hit their children. 
As we've woken up to the issue of domestic violence and intimate partner violence, there's been a growing rejection of any sort of violence within the home, including spanking. Now, some people are going to say, well, that's why kids are so terrible today, but... Juvenile crime, but juvenile crime rates have gone way down uh, since the early '90s. I mean, that's when they really started seeing the decrease. So that doesn't correspond. You know, you would expect to see if kids were really. I think they mean attitudes like spoiledness, being brats. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, you could have a point there, but if it's like, well, all of society's going to hell. I don't know. I, I, I remember being a kid well, all those it, years ago, and I think we were pretty than, crappy. I think it has more to do with entitlement, mm-hmm. where that's like people are relating those two things of, oh, well, you were never properly disciplined, so now you feel that there's no consequences for, for your what actions. you do. Yeah. yeah. So you never had to face a consequence when you were Wh- a kid. Which is different because all the parents I know that are my friends right now that have little, uh, younger kids, they, they don't spank their kids because they think they can reason with them or talk See, to them, and explain it to them. And that's something and that can the, they. Well, this no. is something that the study looked at, and they said that adults... <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the sad answer is... No. Do you see that it's working? Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually. I mean, you can. You can you can communicate with children. Well, and that's what know? this study looked at. They said that the, pedi- the group um, found that adults caring for children used uh, healthy forms of discipline. So instead of spanking or hitting or slapping or threatening or insulting, they instead found positive reinforcement for appropriate behaviors. So instead of spanking them for when they act out you know, giving them something or telling them a good, they did a good job when they do something correctly like instead. A treat? Well, like being a, good is what you're supposed to do without a reward. I mean, being a good person is something you're not supposed to be rewarded. Well, I mean, is that's, that that's supposed that, to are, be the default. Are you born as a good person? Is it nature or nurture? It's a little bit of each, I guess. Well, think about this. Like, mm-hmm. so if you have a kid that's acting up inside of a store and you're going to smack them, why don't you go to the video buzz that was sent to you? Um, um, all right. Are you like that? Or are you saying, hey, we have to go in this store, um, you know, be on your best behavior and you'll get, let's say, uh, dessert after your dinner tonight. This was the video that you sent to me? Yeah. Okay, here goes. I don't Holy have any crap. audio on. Oh, it's you know what it is? You have it muted? I do have it muted. Hold on, because I have to mute my entire Facebook. So it's <laughs> a go whole th- ordeal. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird how they change that. You can't just oh, mute one specific too. tab. Yeah. It mutes right. anytime Facebook site. is up. So Buzz has to mute it for the live right. stream. It's I've just, got it's it. a pain. Because I think the uh, the audio yeah, is a I big part the of this. Video. Oh my god. Okay, I, I, I want to. I think God. at that point you can tell the difference between discipline and just taking Anger. your frustration yeah. out yeah. on a child. Like that's that that is just somebody being angry, and it's like a two-year-old. Like they don't know. First of all, I want to point out just from my analysis, that's more likely to be a grandfather. I mean, that man is much older than these toddlers. You know, that looks like a 60-year-old man. You don't know a, what young tail he's pulling? You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's more likely I mean, that that guy is a grandfather. I'm saying it's more likely that that guy is the grandpa. But that one of the things that I always heard, even from people who are very pro-spanking, is you should never hit your child out of anger. Like, you shouldn't respond I thought you were going to be in public. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, that's just white trash. While they're cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is just some redneck stuff. They're spanking your kid in the aisle at Walmart. It's, you know, man, 
take that home. Oh, for sure. That, well, that was my no, first definitely. thought. My mom would never do that. She'd mm-hmm. be like, you just wait. You no, wait. my yeah. mom would yeah. Oh, that was worse because then you'd have to dread it all the way home. Right? Yeah. Yeah. These are babies. I would, going home These are babies. you don't want it. Not right? even sitting there wondering, like, can I run off? Can I run away? Can she catch me if I run off and yeah, not what, get to the car? What that guy's doing, he's wearing a red cap. I don't know what kind of red cap it is, but. <laughs> it looks like it has some sports team on the front. Like, there's a circular logo mm-hmm. in white. <laughs> but, uh-huh. Yeah, the Washington Mag is, is what it looks like to me. <laughs> But uh, that's criminal. That looks. I like mean, what that guy's doing? That guy should be arrested. Yeah, that's not just spanking. I don't know what the, the kids kid did, out, but that's that's hitting out of rage. Yes, and that is tell. definitely wrong. Uh, oh. oh my god! I don't know what's the Can lesson that you get on from the a- caption that that video has. It has. Laughing emojis. It has the laughing till you're crying emojis all across it. Mm. Here's some of the contents. Me as a parent when I'm annoyed. Uh, they was probably acting up. Continue to whoop that ass. Okay. Oh my god. And that got two likes. Uh, so the it, the video you sent me that completely inappropriate. More than inappropriate, I, I think. You know, criminal. Excessive. I would say excessive. Excessive. How old do you think the kids are? Oh, they look young. Two and a half. I was going to say two, four at most. Like the kid has a death grip on his arm. Like it's just, that's, it's it's too much. But the wallop is what gets me, like the hit. Like it's not even just like a bam, bam, like a couple little spanks. Mm -hmm. Like, no, that is a, let me rev up to go ahead and hit. And then he well, tells a little girl, happen- you sit your ass down. What would happen if Buzz accidentally liked the video? As <laughs> <laughs> really a- I was watching the live stream right Let now. Let me give it a, a hug with a heart. <laughs> I care. Um, I mean, what did you think my response was going to be? Of course, that's horrifying. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you would want to go up and punch that guy's lights out. But guess what? He probably got hit like that when he was a kid. The path of least resistance. Somebody in the chat says <laughs> a spanking does not kill. One spank. That was like 10 spanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was there have like been some kids, I'm sure, that have been you know beaten to death. Absolutely. 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 And, and when does a spank become a beatdown? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I consider what that guy was doing. Some people would say, oh, you're just spanking him. They're not no. going to die. That was an assault. There's even, a line. Even one or two really hard ones can leave a memory for the person, at least. Yeah. Um, I have uh, I have spanked. It was pretty rare. Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. in the in the chat says, "I think you could hammer a nail with less force." Yeah. Yeah. That was very intense. All right. Well, what do you think? Let's go ahead and open it up. If you want to give us a call, toll free studio line is eight four four three zero five six two one zero. That's eight four four three zero five six two ten. I was spanked. I was spanked. I I wouldn't say I don't. I had spoons broken on my butt. And now you love spoons. No. (laughs) I think what it was with me was uh, like my mom, when I got older, my mom would slap me. But I, I, looking back, it was warranted. What do you mean? What do you mean older? What'd you do? I was like like a teenager. And I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have answered back to my mom that way. She was trying to take a vodka bottle from Buzz's party. (laughs) And her mom was there too. Yeah, your, your, your she mom's, was encouraging. Her mom slapped her for not taking two. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
No, I mean, What's yeah. the oldest you got spanked? Like actual, like Ooh. a formal, you're going to get a spanking, bend over, and I'm going to spank you. Not slapped across the face when you were a teenager or whatever. I'm talking like an actual ritualized, hey, it's time for a spanking. Maybe nine or ten. Yeah, maybe, I yeah, guess. I can't even think of the last 11. time. I always got my mouth washed out with soap, so I never got I think I had that done Christmas once. Christmas story to you? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that never happened. Yeah. I had to sign a paddle one time. I, pa- I got paddled in high school like by my, a teacher. You had to sign it? Yeah, so there was this, so I think somebody bought it more as a joke gift, uh-huh. but my mom decided, you know, like, he's not stopping, because she kept, truly, honest to God, she kept breaking wooden spoons, because I had such a bony butt. <laughs> it, they would break. So... She had this Tell me paddle. more about that bony butt. <laughs> so they got this paddle, and on the back, there's one signature, and it's it's it says Brandon and whatever the date was on the back. It's like I was eight, maybe. You're gonna remember what you did. Did you ever get corporal punishment in school? Nope. Uh, that that was no. Already that out. was way phased out. Yeah. No. 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 Never. Why, Buzz, did you in the, yeah. what was it like in the 1950s? <laughs> it was 80s. 80s? It was, the only time I ever got paddled was by the worst teacher. He was like a baseball coach who hated nah. the fact that he had to teach Ugh. a class, so he would, like, he would put it, he, we never saw his face. We come in, there'd be something written on the board, read chapter five, answer the questions at the back of the book, and he would have the newspaper. Oh, and he was like a real, a real creepo too, because he, in every Ugh. class he had, he'd have one that one of the cheerleaders or one of the hot girls in school sit next to him on a little desk, like his pet, so he could kind of like look down their shirt and stuff. But the rest of us never saw his face. So if you were whispering because, you know, he wasn't teaching his class and he was totally pedoing out on a little girl, Mm -hmm. if you would whisper because you were so goddamn bored of this teacher not doing her job, he would get livid and you'd get paddled. So it's like I wear it with... Pride. You know, as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I got paddled by absolutely the worst teacher in America. Yeah, that sounds awful. Coach Morgan. Guess what he did after I got out of high school? Got arrested for being a pedo. No, he uh, became a pastor. No, he went back and continued his education so he could become a school administrator instead of just a teacher. There so. you go. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. It turns out that we got some brand new neckline calls, including an update from Dean from Abilene. Come on, Dean. We're also going to find out in this call, because I, I previewed it, we're going to find out what Dean does for a living. We're going to be uh, happy or sad about Dean. I was pretty sad by the whole call, but yeah. I felt sad for Dean. I love when Dean calls. I just like that it rhymes with Abilene. Let me tell you. Dean from, yeah, Dean from, from what I know, From what I know about Dean, uh-huh. Dean from Abilene, if he w- ever showed up at one, one, of my fam- one of my big family reunions... He would fit right in. Everybody would assume. They would disown yeah. you and be like, Dean, They would be like, we want family. Dean. Buzz is out. Because you're, you're, you're our type of people. <laughs> uh, Nico, did you have something before I get to the neckline calls, though? Uh, no, just did you know about NASA sending Perseverance into space today? Is that a Mars uh, Explorer? Mm-hmm. It's going to have some drones on it, so they're going to use drones on Mars to take pictures of the landscape. Wait, the thing Seek that you were saying... news! The <laughs> thing that you were saying about boots on the... Was that moon or boots on, on Mars? Moon. Boots the monkey? Uh, boots on the moon by 2024 for Space Force. But mm-hmm. what they really want is to privatize the moon stuff and just give it to SpaceX and some other people, and then they want NASA to focus on Mars. Okay. So we'll see. 
What's this uh, probe going to do? Go find more rocks that look like rats and Bigfoot and stuff? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to take samples. Uh, they're, they're even thinking of, you know, like just leaving supplies for future humans and, you know. I hope the them. future humans are smart enough to bring their own freaking supplies. No, see, that's the thing. They're going to have to send the supplies probably ahead of oh, them. Oh, I see. Yeah. So if Matt Damon gets stuck up there, he doesn't have to eat poop potatoes. Poop potatoes. <laughs> no, he can eat poop turnips. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's a brand new call off the neckline. Uh, yeah, I just had a, an idea for you guys. So I remember a few days ago you guys were saying that the protests and anything didn't spread the coronavirus because people were wearing masks, right? So by that logic, if being in a a large group of people where everyone wears masks, if that doesn't spread the coronavirus, then why hasn't everything opened? Because if the masks are going to be a sure way to prevent prevent coronavirus, then there's no reason why everything uh, should remain closed. So, yeah. Discuss. Dealing in absolutes, ladies and gentlemen. Well, did you guys say that? Did you say that people didn't get uh, a lot? Did, did you say people didn't get sick from protests? Well, I said, yeah, look, there there appears to be a little bit of a double standard here. If you tell people don't go out in huge groups, that should apply uh, for everybody. But mm-hmm. people do have a constitutional right to assemble. That was also uh, something. Protest grievances. But they, this was they, something that was said in California um, as well by the Los Angeles mayor, I believe, or um saying that they didn't believe that there was a spike in cases, even though there were massive protests happening. Now, that was on record that he said that. Um, later on, though, he did backtrack and say that he did think that there was a, more cases being uh, happening because of the large gatherings and protests that were happening. So that was something that was said, and then they had to come back and say, no, we looked at this, right. and so, there is. So by characterizing it as we claim this, I think, Lisa, you reported that that. Newsom had said that in as part of a news report that he had said that there wasn't. A, it was Newsom or Garcetti? I can't remember which. But yeah, I, I mean, there. I don't think they say huge. They haven't seen a huge breakout in some place like Portland as much as they have in places like Georgia and Florida. I mean, uh, I can just say that I'm not saying that if you're at a protest that makes you immune from coronavirus. I've I've always thought that was a little bit. But here's my one thing with what he said, because he said, then why isn't everything opening up if everyone's wearing masks? Because not everybody is wearing masks. And that's where the issue comes from. Because as much as you can sit there and say, hey, you have to wear a mask in this store, as we have clearly seen over and over again, people are continuing to not want to do that. Or maybe tear gas kills coronavirus. There you go. No, I I, I think Brandon was right in the sense of the absolutes. Masks do not protect. The the masks do not stop everything. It does not stop all the air that's coming out of your mouth. You know, if anybody is standing too close together. It's like a condom. A condom's not 100% effective. Sure. There are variables that we cannot control. Like, for instance, um, this amazing um, Gomer saying, you know, oh, I was touching it on my face and I kept adjusting it. You're not supposed to do that. Don't say Gomer. That makes it sound fantastic. In French, he pronounces his name Gomert, like Gomert okay, Pyle. Gomert. Gomert. He is proudly Gomert. Okay. Are we talking about Louis Gomert? Yeah, Louis Gomert. 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 Okay. You're, so, but he was saying, don't try and Frenchify or fancify Louis. So he, he tested it. positive for COVID, and he's saying he thinks it's because he wore a mask because he was touching his face <laughs> and things like that. Now. Maybe, but that's what you're not supposed to do. There's too many variables in it. We don't know are people properly removing their masks like Gomert is saying that he didn't. Uh, We don't know if people are wearing the same gloves to 18 different stores and then taking them off improperly and just 
cross-contaminating. There's a lot of different variables that we can't control and the public can't control. So there's no way to say if everyone in the world was forced to wear a mask, it would it, everything could open, everything would be fine. That's not true because there's too much. And then we don't know what people are doing at home. The, one of the biggest spreaders in the city in which we live is house parties, is people being at home, not social distancing well, not within just, their own not family. Not only ha- house parties, family gatherings. Family gatherings. We've been I, told is a huge vector. There's a family, I think it was in Dallas, where I think they got together for, I think, a grandparent's birthday, and I think 14 of them now. This is a new family that it just happened to. And the person passed away that I believe the party was for. And now a bunch of them are sick. And they're saying, they're like, we thought the pandemic was over. Yeah, this is a danger, Madeline. Come What's on, buddy. Up? Come on, buddy. Sorry, I just woke up. Um, I just heard you. I heard my voice on the radio so I can go about talking about the census. That's just the way I feel about it. But um, one thing that says it, so I know it's hard to imagine, but I'm a manager of a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. There we go. Dean, 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 Dean. Nothing wrong with that. Like, lead us into, you know, since this epidemic, people, you know, we've been letting them slide on rent, but I guess starting on the 25th mm-hmm. of this year, starting to have to evict people. And that's my job. It sucks. So I'll switch jobs with you any day. But it's kind of sad. Yeah. Dean from Adelaide. Yeah! <laughs> All right. We love Dean. Now, some people might Dean be saying, better. well, Dean, a little bit better. Dean, why don't you just not evict him? But it sounds like he's not the top guy. It sounds like... He doesn't know, get that choice. He's yeah. the guy who gets the crappy duty of, of kicking, kicking all out. people out of the mm-hmm. trailer park. Hey, we've got a real-life trailer park boy. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm telling you, we need to do... We should do, like, a Zoom meeting with some of the regulars... Like Dean from Abilene. Remember uh, Wayne who calls in and does his Wayne's Weekly Recap? Yeah, that's good. Guys like that. Luis the Proud Boy. Luis the Proud Boy, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, let me do a quick never have I ever. So how do you play that again? You hold up five Five fingers. fingers. And then one person says, "Never have I ever." And if anybody else around, okay. Them well, has, that doesn't work for the radio. So I'm just gonna—I'm not gonna do five. I'm just gonna do one. Okay. Okay. Never have I ever played beer pong. Can anybody else say that? <laughs> how do you? How do we put our finger down? <laughs> I just say. Oh yeah. You've no. played. You you've never played beer pong. Yes, I think every. I think everybody, everybody has. Brandon, are we I supposed just, to declare? Like, yeah, yes declare. Or no? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can we just clap? Woo! Am I the only one Erica, who has never ever have played I ever beer pong? been good at beer pong? <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at it. I was intramural beer pong <laughs> champion. Well, you, this, I love you, it. Good news, you might be able to go pro in the post Malone league. Yeah, go ahead and st- stretch. Get your wrist ready for this. Oh yeah, because it looks like Posty <laughs> is going to have a professional beer pong Posty. league. So what happens if you make Wait, the beer? Is it beer drink? pong or Beirut? Because they're two different games, guys. That's very true, but I think this one's, uh, it's called the World Pong. Okay. That sounds like Beirut. Who drinks if, I mean, I get it. You bounce a ping pong ball. If it goes in a cup, somebody drinks No, if you beer. bounce, you get two cups. Yeah, that's true. And if it's. Yeah, but also if you bounce, the other team gets to swat. Yeah, swat. Yeah, they do get to swat. God, I don't know any of this. And I, if you and your partner get it in the same cup, then Never they, they, they have to drink three. Nobody ever no. asked you to play beer pong? 
Nope. And I have a ping pong table. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just need friends. Hey, yeah, you just need friends. <laughs> the other friends. essential component to playing. Wow. God, you guys I... created a game called, uh, I think it was called Tin Soldier. And what you did is you you took a beer can, you put it on the end of the ping pong table, and then you play an actual game of ping pong. Mm-hmm. If you were able to hit the other person's can, they got to take a drink. If you knock it over, they got to grab it and chug the rest of it. If you knock your zone over, you got to chug a beer. So th- that is actual beer pong. That's the technical beer pong. The one where people throw it in, <laughs> Nico, the in the cups, that's Beirut. Yeah, there's a big difference. Wait, wait, wait. The beer <laughs> pong is you try you play ping pong with a paddle in the actual beer pong? In the actual beer pong. Is that what Post Malone is talking about? He's probably talking about Beirut. I then. think Beirut's the one that's more popular among college kids. But people no. don't like to call it, I guess. Because you don't need the paddles. You just need you the balls need, yeah. and cups. Why is it called Beirut? I don't know. I don't Was it know named either. after the baseball player? You know, probably Beirut. not. Maybe the city? No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that wasn't that funny. <laughs> I just got it a little late. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, we should make you play. The, I always thought it was real dirty, though, because like, the ball falls always fall. Oh, it's yeah. always falling on the floor. Okay, so and you're supposed to have a water Can we still cup. play beer pong in these no, times? No, no you huh? cannot. Oh, yeah, it's I probably super that, dirty. I thought about that the other day because I was uh, hanging out with some friends and we were all were drinking the beer. And I was like, oh, we should play beer pong. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I shouldn't, actually. Do people play, and I don't want to make myself sound like a, like a boomer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Do people still play quarters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Because that seems pretty filthy, too. Well, yeah. I mean, when you think about that money to a drink. I was going to say, you're talking to the wrong people because all of us, I don't think, really play those games anymore. Mm. We just drink. You guys know all the the minute details about it, but you don't play it anymore. Well, not anymore. Anymore, yeah. Too old for that stuff. Okay, so Beirut. Those are to give you an excuse to drink. I've moved on to the, uh, especially in an election year, you know, one of those uh, drinking games for one of the debates. Oh, mm-hmm. this is a very dark. We have our own Mo show. I moved game. to the game. Of, you guys, we have I'm a dark origin of this Beirut thing. A very dark origin of the name. Beirut, you mean? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, it came about in the 1980s. And it says, uh, whatever, there's the rules of it. Okay, so what's the deal with the name? The game was popularized during a time when Beirut, uh, Lebanon was in the news. 1983, suicide bombers killed 241 U.S. Marines Jeez. stationed in the barracks at the airport. Supposedly, the people... Uh, felt that the U.S. should have bombed Beirut in retribution for the attacks and thought the ping pong balls dropping to the other side of the table resembled bombs being dropped. So they started calling the game Beirut, and it caught on. That got dark. It's a dark history. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a lot more dark right. than I thought it would be. Let's stick with beer pong. Yeah. Does, uh, so you know beer pong. Does Post pong. Malone know about all this? Probably. <laughs> that's why he named it beer pong. So probably said. in tournament rules, they wouldn't put actual beer in the cups. They'd probably just put water, and then you'd have a beer on the side. See, I could, I could see playing like that. Like if you mm-hmm. had all the cups lined up next to you, and you just threw them in, there was water in How the did cups. How they do it in beer fest? Uh, they had to okay, drink it. Out of so I have played beer darts. Das Boot. Das Boot. <laughs> I used to have one of them. Monkey Chug. Do you know what beer darts are? You I just, play darts and you drink? No. You you sit like in lawn chairs outside and, you know, you've got your beer and it's sitting on a glass, uh, on the grass or uh, whatever, on the ground. Uh-huh. And you've got darts. Mm-hmm. And you lawn sit darts a, or regular darts? Regular darts. Okay. Not plastic tips, steel tips. So whatever the distance is, you could do it from 10 feet away or, you know, whatever, however challenging you want to make it. You throw the dart at your opponent's beer. 
and if it sticks in the beer, you they have to pull the thing out, and then they have to drink that much beer until it's not shooting out the side anymore. <laughs> oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, the beer is between your feet, so your feet are on either oh. side of the beer. Whoa. So the so, drunker you get, the more you throw darts into your opponent's feet. feet. Mm. Your friend's feet. Yeah, so, so you hit it. If it sticks in the can and makes a hole, you pull it out, and then you drink down to the level so it's no longer shooting out. You continue from there. I mean, that's social distancing. You yeah. Well, <laughs> <10 feet away. laughs> well, that wouldn't help in the Post Malone challenge. We should just practice the, the Post Malone version. Uh, uh, Buzz, you going to play beer pong? Maybe. Which Watch version? Buzz would be, I'd be good at it. I like the one You're that you were talking the about with actually expert there. <laughs> with the ping, I, I like the one with the ping pong. No, which you say is the See, original beer pong. The Beirut, you know, with the paddle. The paddle. Just yeah, call it paddle. beer pong now because now that we know the Nobody dark history, I don't want to call it that anymore. The, the one where you can throw it with your hand is much more like like basketball. I know all my friends were always into that or into sports or basketball, so I, I imagine you'd like it, Buzz. I like That's how you general. relate that to sports. <laughs> that's the closest to a sport that I've ever done. That, you you fence. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's... Beer pong's closer to a art. sport than that's fencing. He just admitted it. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it looks like Post Malone, though, he has now go, uh, filed for ownership of the name World Pong League. Uh, the documents say that the league would operate official beer pong tournaments, competitions, events, and exhibitions. Um, also, merchandising. So there will be uh, different things they're selling, including glassware, plastic cups, game tables, cup racks, balls, and casual sportswear to go along with the And casual league. sportswear. I thought an MMA t-shirt was about as douchey as you could get, but I guess a beer pong one could be even douchier. I totally we buy got, a post We got one. some tips online uh, from people. Uh, Scott says, don't put your alcohol in the cups you're shooting at, but then... They only mean that because you, you get the alcohol dirty. Like if yeah. a ping pong ball falls on the floor and then it gets into your cup, you're, you're going to drink You don't dirt. have a side water but cup? That's why you have a water cup. You do have a water cup, but even the water cups get so filthy. Is the water cup to, to clean the ball? To clean yeah. the ball. Yeah, just spit on it and rub it off. That's yeah. how I clean my balls. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we've got some uh, hot takes from... A wide variety of people on COVID-19. We got somebody from the sports world who's saying stuff that sounds crazy. We've got Madonna who agrees with President Trump's demon sperm lady. I mean, a lot of stuff going on. By the way, I got a question because somebody's been messaging us in the Facebook um, in, in our in our inbox, and they're talking about how we aren't reporting the facts that this group of quote-unquote doctors, which I hate saying because technically they're doctors. Well, it's just, well, some of them are loose. Yeah, ophthalmologists. And I keep and asking, stuff. like, what is the actual facts? Like, it's like they, they make these claims just because somebody's wearing a lab coat <laughs> and they're making a statement does not mean it's a fact. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it, there has to be a study behind this. They has to have gone through specific trials. Like, there has to be, there's a process. Could you and go? There's a process for a reason. Could you go to your doctor, and if your doctor was willing to write you up a prescription of zinc and hydroxychloroquine, you could get it right there. I think they're tra trying to yeah. make it seem like, oh, 
they're making it illegal to get this treat. If you could find a willing doctor who would write you the prescription, you could get this, whatever this mixture sure. is. I wouldn't get it from a woman who believes that demons pass on STDs in your dreams. Just say, as you go to her, she's like, on your, on your way out, make sure you get them alien prophylactics. Well, yeah, if your doctor believes medicine has been created from alien DNA, I would probably look for a different doctor. I mean, that was the least crazy thing that I looked up that this lady saw. Um, you, your your doc, every doctor has a license to practice, and they are allowed to uh, practice within what's called their scope of practice. There's a whole you know a scope of what they should or should not be into, but they can they can prescribe pretty much whatever they they want to. They have to justify it. Yeah, you know, so eventually. I'm seeing a lot of the more extreme, like you know, your, oh, the wait, blood wait. is on your hands because you're making it impossible for people to get this treatment that might save their lives. Look, they. They've looked into it. I mean, really, they had no choice because, you know, one specific politician pressed them to. So they looked into it and didn't find any efficacy in it. But as no. far as you can't do it, I mean, yeah, if you found a doctor, I mean, go to this demon sperm lady, I guess. Well, and there's a whole difference between an individual doctor doing something and then policy, right? We're dealing with policy that's going to affect the entire country. And so I'm going to listen to the majority of scientists. I'm not going to listen to one. Somebody uh, yesterday on a, a thing that I posted said, you know, you remember those commercials that said nine out of ten doctors recommend brushing your teeth? Mm -hmm. It would be like if you ignored the nine dentists who exactly. recommend brushing your teeth and listened to the, the one, one who doesn't think it's a good like, idea. This sugar toothpaste mm -hmm. is amazing. <laughs> Let me see if I could find. I, like I posted something yesterday and it went. I mean, for me, it went pretty viral, <laughs> I thought. Basically, it's become a talking point if you're saying, hey, this this one of these tw 10 or 12 doctors that, that Trump, you know, is really promoting believes in alien DNA medicine and demon lovers giving you demon STDs and all this stuff. So one of their talking points is, oh, you're racist because you're, you know, because she's a, a black woman or you're misogynist because she's a woman. Or is that really anti a big talking point? No, they don't give a crap about any of that. They're just weaponizing this woman's bio. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if it were anybody saying this sort of stuff, you'd point out that it's like, that, that does not sound like the type of things that a reliable medical expert would now, all these people that day in and day out are maligning the Black Lives Movement do this stuff. Suddenly you see them sticking up for this doctor because Trump likes her. They, I'm telling you right now, they don't give a about that doctor. They're only weaponizing her biography mm -hmm. to defend the misinformation that comes out of their cult leader in the White House. By the way, that's he, what he it's wants all to about. Postpone the election. We saw that, right? <laughs> Did no. you see that? No, just, no he, he, he because just of coronavirus. Yeah, Lisa, yeah. Lisa just brought this. Mm -hmm. And we got off air, and I'm all, "Are you? Yeah, yeah." I, turn, me? I turned the mics off, <laughs> and that's what Lisa said. She dropped like a huge f bomb, and I'm like, "Oh crap, what?" And she goes, "Trump's saying we need to postpone the election," and he he tweeted out. It says, "With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good." 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yo, we're already embarrassed. Just let it happen at this point, okay? Like, And if your numbers were doing a lot better than they're doing now... He would not be saying yeah, that. Let's would not. speed it up before it gets any worse. You know, if it, it, he can't change it. Like, he has no decision in it. 
uh, it, it's mandated by the Constitution. Well, well, his, oh my God, it's a real tweet. <laughs> yeah, his, his thing isn't saying things that are true. His thing is just making Suggesting, chaos. Yeah. Let's just it's suggest. just stirring chaos. He is the chaos president. He's in the bathroom and he's like, oh, what can I do today? Uh, what else can I Postpone stir up? the elections until my popularity goes back up. Sounds yeah. legit. Or I drop this deuce. I mean, I've said it before. I, think he, <laughs> I still think he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I know all of us are like, yeah, no, yeah. no. I, I've already, I've, I've already um, pretty much secured myself that we're gonna have another four years. Yeah, right. Like it's you, you almost have to steal yourself for bad news. But then at that point, hopefully the Democrats can get their heads out of their butts and realize, hey, Biden probably not the best option. The guy that likes to creepily, you know, give back rubs and like kisses on people. And, yeah, and but can't they, form a complete. But there's been no allegations against him, right? Yeah, well, like, there has been. Yeah, there's by, been a lot by by children. No, there's not been any. Look, parent he, or any... he wasn't doing this behind the scenes or at a private club. He was doing this on camera. He obviously didn't think there was anything wrong with it. People have told him it looks bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's mm. creepy. It's like, you know. Yet there are about 25 to 30 women who have said Donald Trump has done this kind of stuff to yeah, him. Uh, you cannot equate what Joe Biden has been accused of or some kind of innuendo with the things that are like legitimate complaints. Also, Joe Biden has never been caught on a, a hot mic saying you should, you know, you can grab pe- women by their private parts. Yeah. Also, There's no picture of him hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Joe Biden didn't say, I wish her well when asked about Ghislaine Maxwell last week. I mean, to try yeah, and equivocate, to try and equate these two things is just wrong on so many levels. But, I, but, I, but, I, but, that's not, that but that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to equate the two. What I am trying to say is the Democrats have completely bumbled this the way that they did oh, no, the last election. Cups. I mean, they, the fact yeah. that the... the, the, the only the Democrats could find a way to possibly <laughs> this up any words. <laughs> you sounded like me when I saw the tweet. I'm all. <laughs> yeah, Lisa dropped a big old f bomb. Like right, I turned the mics off. I was like, oh my. Well, God. look, and, a lot of, a and I realize a lot of people. Why don't you talk about something other than politics? Because I've never thought that our democracy was under the kind of assault that it is now. And now the you got to. on fire, I mean, Karen. Well, but let's be completely honest. We talk about a lot of things other than politics. Yeah, we were just talking about beer pong and how Nico is <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, we did a whole segment on beer pong. And we didn't even get to the cool parts where they're like, who's going to play in the league? So here's uh, what I posted. <laughs> yeah, who is going to play in the league? This is what I posted yesterday. All of Broken Lizard. <laughs> I posted, posted on Facebook? Post? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I post on Facebook about once every three months. But when I said, he gets really mad. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, boil over. Facebook tip of the day. If you point out that Trump's new favorite doctor believes in demon sperm and reptilian overlords, then someone tries to shame you as being racist, anti-woman, or anti-immigrant. They don't really give it about any of that. They're just weaponizing her bio in defense of their cult leader. If you don't believe that, browse their profile. You won't have to go far to see how much they really care about racism, misogyny, or human dignity. You'll see. And it's true. You won't have to go back very far at all to find out where they really stand. They don't care. They don't think racism exists. They don't They don't care about women. It's all in defense of their false idol. Um, so do you want to go into some of the crazier things people have been saying about uh, coronavirus, including Madonna? Absolutely. All right. 
let's talk. Uh, let's start with first of all, uh, Ohio Republican Jim Jordan, one of the president's uh, staunchest enablers, and he was talking about the social media companies taking down posts that have misinformation or you know dangerous information. That would be like me saying Jim Jordan definitely knew that that wrestling coach was molesting boys when he worked at the same school. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. That's a fact. Just because I say it's a fact doesn't mean it's a fact. Did you also, see Jim Jordan on uh, uh, Tucker Carlson last night? No. So Tucker Carlson brought up Jim Jordan's, you know, who his number two um, sponsor contributor for his campaigns are? I don't know. Google. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Madonna. I, pre- I prefer Lugal. <laughs> Madonna shared a video claiming that hydroxychloroquine is a, quote, cure for COVID. That has not been proven to be true. In fact, in large part, it has been proven to be untrue. Mm-hmm. In a caption, she said, quote, the people in power stand to make money from this long drawn out search for a vaccine, which has been found and proven and has been available for months. That's wrong. They'd rather let fear control the people and let the rich get richer and the poor and sick get sicker. The truth Said will all Madonna set us free. Paris but some people don't have to hear the truth. Instagram flagged the post as mis- misinformation and then deleted it all together. So is Jim Jordan saying that Madonna all of a sudden is a conservative and that's why she was being censored on Instagram? I'm sorry, what was your point about uh, Madonna? Remember when she uh, was in her bathtub? and In was... her bathtub full of diamonds? She's saying that from her Paris Oh, the, the rich get richer and the poor in the city. Exactly, it's very hypocritical. Of... And her statement that uh, people in power stand to make money from this long, drawn-out research for a vaccine? Is that the part that you... Yeah, that's completely... Oh, uh, the vaccine which has been found and proven... And has been available for months. And I, I don't know if everybody gets a difference between vaccine and therapeutics, but like a vaccine... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, right. The the hydroxychloroquine and a vaccine are not even in the same ballpark. They're not even they're in not the same category. In the, they're not even in the same sport. Yeah. Right? No. Uh, vaccines are meant to prevent viruses, and specifically only viruses. It cannot protect you against bacteria. Look, um, I think Madonna is pretty well... Unless I'm to- totally misreading her, I think she's pretty well established. She's a liberal. She's anti-Trump. But look, you call out stuff. It doesn't matter. A lot of a lot of liberals are anti-vaxxers. also anti-vaxxers, yeah. right? I've never given a pass to anybody for being wrong or being anti-science because of their political affiliation. All the vegan anti-vaxxer type of crunchy granola people—they're just as bad as anybody else. <laughs> Louis Gomert, who is a congressman from Texas, and every time I hear him speak, it's hard to believe this guy has a law degree and was a judge. It's just amazing. Uh, has been very anti-mask. Well, guess what he got? COVID. COVID-19. Oh. <laughs> and guess what he blames it on? Not The, the mask. Yeah. Not, uh, not wearing the mask, which is what any sane person... Oh, I got COVID-19 because I was anti-mask. I guess I was wrong about that. He's blaming the mask what? for giving him COVID-19. What? That's right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. You know, I was going to talk about our website because there's a couple interesting oh there's several every day we get interesting posts up there but that was before I found out the president just tweeted out that we should postpone the elections 
No more politics. Uh, how about a guy in Las Cruces who was spitting on police officers because they told him he couldn't shop in Walmart? Did he get arrested? He well, because he had because he, he wouldn't stop. They mask. gave him they gave him multiple opportunities to knock it off, but then he was spitting on him and wouldn't stop. Uh, this is like completely beeped. I think I can play it, but like when Brandon? he goes down, I on believe the, I believe yeah. it is because I think it's the KVIA. Okay, yeah, I think story so. that I linked to. In no way should you find this funny. Even when he's like laying down on the ground and and mewling, you shouldn't find that funny. If you do, you're a bad, bad person. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I love uh, Stephanie, but I'm going to uh, skip ahead to the actual <laughs> audio. Love you, girl. <laughs> Jackson Brown. Cool name. I hope he wasn't running on empty. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh my god this guy was the cop uh, officer brown was still gonna let him go Jeez. it sounds like <gasps> oh yeah what? Yeah. I cannot believe he's I'm an old man. He's hurting me. Right? Bro, you just spit on him. And he was like acting it up. He was playing it up. Oh, right yeah. Then. Yeah. I got to find this video. I want to see what that back of the shirt says. So <laughs> this this is the part of the video where I, since nobody else was in the room, I definitely didn't laugh at this part of the video. You're hurting my hand. Well, stand up. <laughs> Don't spit. Like a diaper on his face. <laughs> what? What's happening? Oh no. Hey, Officer Jackson Brown, this is the loadout. <laughs> okay. Classic rock references, guys. More Jackson Brown references. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's not uncommon, though. I remember when I worked at UMC in the ER, like, people would spit, a bunch of drunk uh, well, patients would always try and spit That's what you. I was thinking. This this older guy could could be drunk. Mm -hmm. He might have some mental issues going on there, but I, that's a I very, think very... the officer was more than fair. Oh, my God. 
in this. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous thing. Like, it sounds funny, but he could have easily caught some very serious diseases if this guy... Even if, he would, even if it wasn't COVID-19, it could have been something else. Sure. No. Um, and uh, There's someone that... Gingivitis. M- one of my, my mom's friends got spit on by someone who was homeless, and uh, he ended up getting a disease and passed away from it. Mm-hmm. And he was he was working in a medical capacity. So I mean that's it's not funny, and it's not like the fact that he even spit on him is horrendous. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I didn't notice this in that Walmart uh, spitter video. The spitter. Well, I video. did not notice, spitter. and then I saw it in the people were pointing out the the band. The, this guy went into Walmart. and He didn't have a mask, so the police officer said, "Well, you got to leave if you don't wear a mask." And the guy starts spitting on him. People in the chat were talking about his shirt. Well, I noticed he had a shirt with uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, mm-hmm. but they were saying it was a it was a MAGA shirt. That's got Trump's face on it. Here we go with your Trump derangement syndrome, Buzz. Well, I didn't even notice it. I, I brought this up to point out that I, that I didn't even, you know, that didn't even occur to me. You got Trump on the brain, nothing but Trump. So you're saying this guy is wearing a shirt and it's Donald Trump's head on... Oh, what's that actor's name who played Drago? Um, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Is that what that really is? Oh, and then he spits on a cop because, you know... Classy. Yeah. Oh. What does the back of his shirt say? Put your money in the stock market. A-hold. A-hold. Does that even make s- I don't get it. I was going to ask you because I didn't get it either. Well, we're trying to figure out what kind of statement the guy who spits at a cop's face and says he has coronavirus <laughs> is making with his T-shirt at Walmart. So <laughs> I had a... Uh, sometimes when we... You know, we do these three random facts, and I, I've told you, like, I get... I check them out to make sure it's like, okay, well, this is this is actually a fact. Sometimes I really go down a rabbit hole. And I did on this one. Did you know that original reels of some of the most famous movies of all time are kept in a salt mine that's underneath a theme park outside Kansas City? What? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I had to check it out, because I thought the same thing. Uh, it's at Worlds of Fun Amusement Park in Kansas City, which is right next to Oceans of Fun. And we, <laughs> Oceans we, of Fun? Yeah, Oceans of Fun is the water park, which we used to go, get to go to with my church youth group when I was a kid. Oceans is it, of Fun. Is it next to Oodles and Oodles yeah, of Fun? No, no, no. It's just, as far as I know, it's just Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun. And there's an underground office complex where thousands of people work. It's the biggest office park in the in the North American continent, and it's underground. It's called the Hunt Subtropolis. Now, if you hear Kansas City and Hunt, you might put those two together. That's right. It was built by Lamar Hunt, and of thousands of people go to work there. There's over seven miles of underground illuminated roads, and miles and miles of railroad railroad tracks. A lot of people work there, but there's a place where they store these old. Film like reel-to-reel films mm-hmm. with the celluloid, and they keep it underground. Do you know why? 
because of temperature and moisture controls. That's where the mole people live, and they like to protect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you're right. Vinegar syndrome. <gasps> the mole people? No, not the mole people. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me. Vinegar syndrome is if a, an old celluloid reel or tape isn't is not kept at a precise temperature and humidity mm-hmm. it starts to rot mm-hmm. and when it does it starts to feel like just like wine vinegar yeah i wonder if it would just be too expensive to keep it like you know how because they have you see in like old museums and stuff they have like these rooms that are at the right humidity the perfect temperature so that it doesn't ruin or disintegrate like the paper i wonder it's what they have to do with um like the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Yeah, that's the only reason I know that. It's what from a National need, Treasure. Well, they, watched and, it. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, they need and keep Nicolas Cage out. I didn't want to admit it, but that's literally the only reason I watched it a couple weeks ago. I told you the pandemic. It's been great for me watching movies, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. The, the, work the thing is, they need a lot of room because oh. they keep tens of thousands of reels, so they don't just keep the classic films. They keep. All of them, and the reason is, if they ever want to remaster, they want to get as close to the original copy. So if there's, if if a, if the original copy doesn't exist, mm-hmm. first or second generation is what they try and go with. Mm-hmm. And they figured out that film lasts the longest when it's stored at precisely 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 25 percent humidity. Mm-hmm. Anything under that damages the film, and anything over that makes the uh, vinegar syndrome. Mm-hmm. I used to be not to be confused with vinegar strokes. strokes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a it's a face you make at a certain it's moment. From the, it's from the show The League, and it's something oh, they talk about. It. Uh, I just got it. Uh, yeah, it's a face you make right before something like very... your O face. O face. Yeah. There you oh. go. Come oh, on. Please, I hope the camera recorded you doing that. Yeah, except the whole point is is <laughs> it's like if somebody waved a spoon of vinegar under your nose, and you're like. <laughs> When I was, when I was, a, y'all men are so attractive in those moments. <laughs> oh yeah, you women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to set up the AV for you know if they were going to show a film in class, like a driving. And, and I was really wondering so what, where you were setting AV up for. After yeah, this last right? in, high, in high school, and I'd get some of these things that had been around since like the '60s, and. You'd open up some of the canisters, and it was like it would hit you. That oh, vinegar, vinegar smell, smell would yeah. really, really hit you. So well, that's why they—that's why they keep wine, or they used to keep wine underneath castles uh, in, in the basements and stuff, because it's the perfect temperature, well, the perfect. It's uh, interesting you bring that up because the, the the old films aren't the only thing. The U.S. Postal Service keeps their collection of rare stamps in a separate vault, but in the same complex, hmm. and. Oh. They, they rent out space. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, they rent out space to a lot of different things, but hardly anybody's allowed into the film vault. Um, it's thousands and thousands of square feet, and they say that it it looks like the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're putting the Lost Ark in the storage facility because it's just aisle and aisle and mm-hmm. aisle after this stuff. And guess what? They don't keep it just there. There's also another vault. That's a salt mine in Pennsylvania. So that way, if there's some kind of unforeseen natural disaster, like a huge earthquake mm-hmm. that destroys that one, then they've got another copy that they've got outside of Pennsylvania. So I really got into this, and 
Sounds you, like it. You can't go on a tour. It's not open to the public, and they don't even this? do private tours. I saw the fact that <laughs> the, the, the random factoid said oh, okay. original copies of all these great films are kept in an underground salt mine underneath a theme park in Kansas City. We I just dove so deep, I that. forgot where it came from. That's yeah. what I was like, wait, <laughs> Well, the kicker is about I, stamps I got stuff? so into it, I ended up not using it as a three random fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know too much information now for it just to be a random fact. There you go. Well, all right, it's time for entertainment news, Hollywood uh, chit chat, and more with Joanna Barba. What do we have today, Joanna? Well, it's official. The Emmys are going virtual. The Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences has informed its members that this year's 72nd Annual Emmy Awards is officially going virtual. Variety broke the news that the organization informed yesterday's brand new nominees of the change, noting that they should prepare to party from home. And while the run-up to award season usually sees celebs getting in their spa time, the Academy told nominees there will be a lot of technical assistance to make them look fabulous. The 72nd Emmy Awards will be broadcast Sunday, September 20th on ABC. And thanks to Netflix, today's generation will never know what it's like to struggle to find episodes of Moesha online. The 1996 Brandy Starring <laughs> Show is coming to Netflix, along with The Game, Sister Sister, Girlfriends, The Parkers, Half and Half, and One on One. The late 90s, early 2000s black TV shows will make their way to Netflix over the next three months. Netflix's strong black lead Twitter account confirmed the news along with the video of the various cast members from the show. The talent not only confirmed their shows are coming to the platform, but reminisced on their favorite moments of the series. And great news, Ryan Reynolds is celebrating the safe return of a very special teddy bear. If you don't remember, the bear belonged to 28-year-old Canadian Mara Soriano and contained a special recording of her late mother's voice. But it went missing after it was stolen in a bag that also contained her iPad, a Nintendo Switch, and other personal items. Soriano's search for the bear went viral and got the attention of Reynolds, who posted a $5,000 reward for the teddy's safe return. He said, zero questions asked. I think we all need this bear to come home. Apparently at work, because Soriano tweeted a photo of her hugging the precious item. She credited the Deadpool star and spirits entrepreneur for the teddy's safe return, saying, break out the gin aviation. Mama bear is home. Reynolds retweeted the reunion photo, adding, In happier news, thank you everyone who shared high, who searched high and low to the person who took the bear. Thanks for keeping it safe. Wait, so somebody, the, the person who stole it returned it? We don't know We don't who know if they stole it. Do, do we know if they stole it? They, uh, yeah, it was apparently like a stolen thing because it was in a bag with other items. Uh, but no word on whether the iPad or the Switch were also returned. Maybe whoever had it was also the one that stole Mr. Burns' Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. All right. Thank you, Joanna. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right. Well, uh, the mayor joins us now. Uh, D. Margot uh, is on the phone with us, and uh, we've got that anniversary coming up on Monday. I mean, it's very, uh, very serious uh, one-year anniversary of the Walmart shooting. Uh, before we talk about that, though, uh, Mayor Margo, uh, what it, what is the latest with uh, you know what the city's doing on coronavirus, the COVID nineteen? Do you have anything uh, new to tell us this week? Buzz, nothing new other than we're having two two dead gum many deaths. Yeah, um, and that's. Uh, uh, you know, we monitor the hospitalizations in the ICU and the ventilators on a daily basis, and and we're in constant contact with all the hospitals to know what's 
what their status is, and I, 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 for the for the time being, we're we're still okay. We had a little drop in the uh, in the positives the other day, and then it's kind of bounced back up to a couple hundred. I think this morning we have we uh, we announced, um, but we have too many deaths, and uh, and that's pointing out because of our and the majority of them because of our our, our uh, Hispanic uh, population, and and, and that we're prone with uh, diabetes and hypertension, high blood pressure. Um, are the dr- main drivers for the underlying conditions that are this this COVID is attacking. So um, that's all the more reason, as I've said every week that I've ever been on this show, you've got to wear a face covering. That's the only thing people agree on. The epidemiologists across the world agree on is oh, not everybody agrees on it. Though. Well, most of the epidemiologists do. The well, vast majority do um, that you need to wear a face covering. Maintain your distancing and wash. One of the things you clarified, we we'd spoken to you last week or the week before, I can't remember which one it was, but there had been, I think, 14 deaths, and I said that, uh, that were reported that day, and I, I said that that was a really striking uh, number, and you, you pointed out, well, when, they, when you get those reports, it doesn't necessarily mean that they all happen in the same day, but it... But it, it, it's got to mean something, you know, because they give an update every day, even if it all didn't happen in one day. I, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a measuring stick you gotta, you got to pay attention to a little bit. We had uh, seven reported deaths in seven the email. Seven a day, yes. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they all happen in one day. What, what does it mean? Well, but to give you the, the timeline, and we're trying to get it expedited with the attending physicians, if you're an attending physician and you're in the hospital and your loved one, your grandfather, your parents, whatever, pass away and they determine COVID, they have 10 days to, to sign the death certificate. Yeah. So there, there could be a 10-day delay there. And then the public health department may do some more investigation, may talk to the, not just the attending physician that was there in the hospital, but your personal physician. So there may be, so I've been told it could be as much as three weeks delay in reporting. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not tenable. So um, that's where we are. Okay. Uh, have you have there been further discussions about what's going to happen with the school year? Uh, has anything been decided? I know that uh, the latest was that uh, we were talking about early September and that there were other cities in the state that were kind of looking to El Paso to see what was going to happen. They could also push back their start date. Uh, what is the latest with that? Well, the... The AG, our Attorney General, Paxton interjected himself this week with an opinion for a mayor, I think in Stephenville or somewhere, that basically said, which I fervently disagree with, that the local health authority has absolutely no say or control over when schools go back or restart or in-classroom, determining basically in-classroom instruction. And then following his directive, which was, uh, I think, very limited, and, and, and I think the school districts are looking at this, but following his directive, the commissioner of education said basically, okay, based on what the AG has just said, if you don't go back to class, you won't get your allotment for funding per student. So it's, it was kind of a backhanded way to force students back into the classroom 
when in effect we're not we don't think they're ready yet parents don't think they're ready and and most superintendents and teachers don't think they're ready yet well just because the ag says it is he the final word i mean well that's what we're working on through a legal standpoint or actually the superintendents are the uh, school districts are um we we from my limited uh feedback on this from 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 uh, episd it's just uh, that we it's we don't think it's it, it's valid everywhere else the, the 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 local health authority in which in our case is our designated public health authority is dr okaranta he overrides me he overrides the judge he overrides everybody that's the way things are set up for under an emergency and uh so i find it hard to believe that uh, that our attorney general would all of a sudden say uh well, actually, I shouldn't say I find it hard to believe, but anyway, mm. that that guy's a pen thief, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. But, uh, well, well, he's you know he is the one that misrepresented our security here with the uh, as they called the wall, and I call a fence mm-hmm. a year ago, over a year and a half ago. I, I want to point out when the mayor is uh, making comments about the attorney general, he's talking about you know, a member of a party that he's also a member of, and a member of a party that I'm, as of today, still a member of. <laughs> uh, people find it hard to believe, but but actually I've never been registered as anything other than uh, a Republican. But look, you've got you've to take people to task if you don't feel like they're doing the right thing. You, do you feel like the attorney general should have any opinion on this at all or that, that his opinion should, should it carry any weight? My personal perspective is, and let me back up and say, you know, I was in El Paso and before I was an ever a, a Republican, and the mayor's race is nonpartisan. So, yeah. but the bottom line is, I think it was a political move on his part, frankly, and uh, I, I don't think it'll withstand scrutiny um, at all, legally or otherwise. When I bring up your party affiliation, Mayor, I, d- I don't use that as a weapon against you. I just bring it up kind of as a defense of the GOP, which was the party of Lincoln and uh, the party of Eisenhower. And so when I when I bring it up, I, I, I'm just like, I'd like to point out, look, not everybody's lost their mind here about this. Well, you know, I'm not going to let anything attack El Paso. And that's what I've done from day one. And when the President of the United States, in my opinion, misrepresented us in his State of the Union a year ago, January or February, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I addressed it. That was that was not correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't attack anybody. I've never done that through any of these crises from immigration to the to August third or to this pandemic. But I will correct the record if El Paso is not being represented correctly. Yeah, and that sometimes is the case. And, uh, well, it's called being—it's called being principled, and I think a lot of people uh, have been stumbling over that for the past three or four years. So I'm glad yeah. to see it. By the way, this just came across uh, since we're speaking of members of the GOP. Herman Cain, former uh, former presidential candidate and former CEO of Pizza, something. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. He has passed away from COVID. Godfather oh, wow. Pizza, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We just just came over the wire just now that Herman Cain has actually passed uh-huh. away from COVID nineteen, and that's just it's tragic when it happens to anybody. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit. Of, yes. Nico. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, I just had a quick question. Um, I, I, as somebody that's in charge of the entire response, what has your schedule been like? And it sounds like you know you're 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 busy with doing all the work that 
that needs to be done. But what's the toll that it's taken on you, in a sense? I'm just wondering. You're talking about the August 3rd memorial? Yes, everything coming together right now. The past year, basically, I think is what he's asking. Yeah, this has been a this has been been a really hard year, I think, for for you and for anybody to have dealt with. Yeah, yeah, it's um, August third is still pretty raw for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was an attack on us, and and I just I felt it very personally. Uh, We had forty six wounded, shot, and twenty three passed away. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a white supremacist, evil individual come from over 700 miles away. And my, they attacked us as who we are. And uh, it's still raw. I, uh, I went to all the funerals with my wife, Adair, and, uh, I, you know, I said, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are a resilient um, community that's an overworked word but I think it's embedded into our DNA I mean think about it our history goes back over 350 years 350 years until 1659 when the mission was founded in Juarez our original population until 1848 with the majority of it was on the south side of the Rio Grande mm-hmm. we were here as a, as a region a hundred years before the United States was ever founded we have been through revolutions and wars and we're going to survive regardless. It's built into our DNA. We're going to survive this pandemic. We're going to survive everything. But, but uh, you know, the greatest thing we have is that we, we, are, we, are, we are a culture of, bi- we're, you know, we're the, the largest binational, bicultural, bilingual region in the Western Hemisphere. There's nowhere else like El Paso. And that's the hardest challenge I've had is that so many people don't know us. And... Uh, and, and we went through that with all the immigration and all the, the media coming down here to talk about immigration and all that. But uh, uh, we are a special uh, region, a special community with a, with a heart and, and soul that, that uh, you know, I remember when all of, on the week following the, uh, the shooting, when, when all the media was here, before or after, these anchors from all the national news networks would say to me either before or after they couldn't get over the hospitality and the generosity of the people of El Paso. And that's who we are. You know, we're going to overcome this hate. We have, we will, and we'll continue to do so. It'll be part of our history, but it will not define us. And I want it only to be an asterisk footnote. But we will show the rest of the world how to live. On this one-year anniversary, which is coming up Monday, and uh, it's going to be, the, the, the hour is going to be 10 a.m., we would probably, under other circumstances, minus the pandemic, we would probably want to come together in proximity with each other, you know, to be together and to share and to cry and to grieve. We're not going to be able to do that because of COVID-19. So they've got various things uh, set up, uh, and the El Paso Times has a pretty, it looks like, comprehensive list of some of the stuff that's going to be. We also have them on our website, too. We have them on our website. Yes, we do, with links to all the different ones. I I did think it was interesting that they all, they seem to be spread out around town and on different days. Is that so that we can try and uh, deal with social distancing? I think for the most part, it's been tough. Buzz is right. We would have loved to come together in one large area um 
and uh, you know, kind of grieve together, but but also remember how far we've come, and let the families. Um, but we can't right now, so we have different different uh, things going on. Um, you know, I want to remind your listeners that you know the the first call went out on ten thirty at ten thirty nine for nine one one, and at ten forty five. Two of El Paso's finest, two policemen, one a six-year veteran, and one a rookie, one day off his probation, entered the Walmart without hesitation, not knowing that the gunman had left. And then uh, that was at 10:45, and then at 11:06, two motorcycle El Paso police and two DPS apprehended the murderer. That that says volumes about mm-hmm. the character of our of our police force, our first responders, and their training, and why we are one of the safest cities in the nation. In addition to the police, I mean, shortly, the police were the first through, and, you know, the but shortly after, EMTs, people responding, they didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, that, that were the first responders saw things that would cause PTSD in just about anybody. Yeah. And, I, I you know, they're really unsung, too. So all the Absolutely. people that showed all up and them. did all that. Yeah. All of them. I went to the Family Resilience Center the uh, day before yesterday that we set up after the shooting. And the United Way has pretty much overseen it. And uh, I hope you'll put something out on your, your website about the Family Resilience Center. Tell me about it. It's, uh, they're there to help. Um, not only from a counseling standpoint for anyone who's who's been affected by it, but also they're helping some folks with their uh, basic needs, um, toilet paper, uh, paper towel, you know, some of the basic things for those uh, elderly that that need support. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, there were a lot. Of, I asked them how many, how many were, how many people have. Do you think we're affected and have been contacting you over the year? And they they think close to forty thousand people were. Wow! You know, you think about all of the, the the people who were in the Walmart at the time, the ones who had families and neighbors, and the way it's exponentially expanded. Uh, that's a real impact. You know, that's and the, and 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 you're not a wimp to go to go seek counseling. You're no. not a wimp. No, not at all. How could we best support them? I mean, let people know about them, but yes. but also they need resources and funds, I assume, right? Um, I would imagine so, because it's going through the United Way. Oh, we're going to have a representative from United Way on yes. tomorrow. So we'll have okay. the VP so, on so, on Friday. Good. Then, then, sh- then they can tell you all about it and, and, and how it's working. And, um, you know, it's just reflective of our community. I remember... Going from the hospital on Sunday after the shooting of the room of the ten-week-old little boy whose parents perished protecting him, mm-hmm. and while I'm there, they'd been notified about by the, the they'd already been notified about the mother's uh, death, but they hadn't been formally notified about the father's. And while I'm there visiting with the grandparents, the the the, the father the of the uh, the grandfather of, and gets noticed, get, gets a call to go to MacArthur School, which was the area we, we set up to uh, uh, for families to be notified at MacArthur. The EPISD did a great job, and United Way and Red Cross and Salvation Army were all there helping. But the uh, so he gets the call, 
and then I would just, you know, I leave. And, I, and uh, we go to uh, United Blood Service at the time. They've changed the name, and I, sometimes I can't remember it. By talent. Yeah. And there, uh, there's a line all the way around, August 4th, you know, uh, hot, 100 degrees, whatever. There's a line, and people are waiting up to 11 hours to give blood. And after they give blood, they announce it, and people cheer. And let me tell you, that's what El Paso's all like, to go from a hospital room to people sacrificing, giving blood. Uh, that's what makes us special. Mm-hmm. Well, we will, uh, we will get some more details when we talk to our guest tomorrow from United Way. Uh, well, thank you, Mayor, for taking the time. You're always very generous with your time uh, with us. We appreciate that. Sure, Buzz. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you, man. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Yes, Monday is the one-year anniversary of the Walmart shooting in El Paso that claimed 23 lives. Many more were injured. Many, many more were affected. I think probably all of us in El Paso, uh, to some extent or another, were affected. And Lisa up at KLAQ.com, we have uh, a pretty good uh, rundown of some of the things that are going on and uh, some of the ways, like I say, we probably would have liked to have packed. I can't even think of a place that would have hold, held the crowd. It would have just had to Southwest be. Southwest University Park again. Yeah, maybe. But even then, we had overflow. Remember when we had the memorial service after uh, after August 3rd? Um, but we can't do that. No. Because of uh COVID-19. No, and I think the city did a really good job of separating things because you're right. We can't have everybody gathering close together in one small space. So uh, it's a group effort from the city of El Paso, El Paso County, and the El Paso United Family Resilience Center. Uh, They came together and they're having various events throughout the city and also online. And they're going to honor the 23 victims of the El Paso Walmart shooting. Um, They're calling it Love for El Paso. And it's just a way they say that can unite a community that's still healing. Um, so some of the events that you can participate in tonight uh, are the first of the first two. Uh, there will be a uh, luminaria lighting happening at uh, the Cleveland Square Park. That is going to be happening uh, tonight. Uh, that you can participate in. Also, there's going to be drive-through luminarias that are happening over the weekend, um, and also. Tonight, you have the El Paso Museum of History. They're going to actually be displaying, because that was a question, is what's going to happen to all the things that were left at the memorial site um, at the Walmart itself? Uh, People were asking, uh, are they going to throw them out? And they said everything that was non-perishable. So obviously the uh, flowers, those things were um, disposed of. But they said the other event, uh, other mementos and remembrance items that were left there, uh, they're going to be actually displayed at the El Paso Museum of History. Uh, so those items will be on display starting tonight. Uh, they can also are going to be having something with their Digi archive. So this is something where you can su- submit through the Digi website and you can submit your own pictures and memories and things like that. And they want people from El Paso to go ahead and submit those items for them. Uh, but you can see we have all of these events listed. Some of the other uh, things that will be happening are a uh, orange ribbons m- memorial happening at Ponder Park. You also have on August 3rd itself, there's going to be Act of Kindness Day. So this is a day where they are telling people just 
do something kind for someone else if you can. Uh, it can be anything as small as leaving some cold water bottles for your UPS or postage man, um, all the way up into buying a coffee, paying it forward, buying a coffee at the at the local coffee shop when you're in the drive-thru. Here's one. Uh, wear a mask without having to be asked at Walmart and then don't spit on a cop if he asks you to. <laughs> That's right? a really good one you as know? well. Yeah. That'd be a good way to commemorate what happened at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. There also will be some virtual events too uh, for those who want to still continue to social distance and are still um, isolating at home. They said they're going to have a healing with movement yoga hour. There's also going to be a tour to tolerance virtual event and uh, Emergence Health Network has a lot of really great uh, resources out there for, you, for people who are still uh, dealing with the effects of it mentally and need some sort of help or guidance or counseling with that. Emergence Health Network has a lot of really great uh, resources as well. So we have the links to all of those at our website. So you just go on there and you can look up any of the Love for El Paso events. Uh, Joanne and I both put um, most of them up there for you. So you can go ahead and find out more information. What was the uh, resource that uh, Mayor Margot uh, pointed out? And I said, well, we will find out more about it with the uh, the United Way rep tomorrow. He is speaking about the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center. Yeah. So that is, uh, they're working with the city and the county uh, around these different events and things that are happening. Uh, so they are the ones that help organize that. And we will talk to uh, the vice president of marketing, I believe, Uh Tomorrow, I want to. I, I want to say, like all of the symbolic stuff, the luminarias and the the orange ribbons and all of that is great, and I have nothing against that. But mm-hmm. I really want to focus on uh, this organization that the mayor mentioned mm-hmm. uh, and find out what they need and what people can do. Uh, like I say, the symbolic stuff absolutely important, and that's great. Being kind on Be Kind Day is fantastic. I want to find out, like, if you really want to write a checkout or something. You know, how do you do that? What do they need? Mm-hmm. What do they need? Do they need money? Do they need volunteers? I mean, f- from what the mayor said, I'm sold. Yeah. You know, I, I want to get that message across, too. So uh, we'll have somebody on from United Way uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll find out. You know, because I asked the mayor specifically, you know, what should people, you know, what, what do you want to highlight? And he mentioned that. Uh, family resource. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of really great work um, with different programs that are offered um, to help people in the community and those who are personally affected by the event. So um, they have a lot of, uh, they're, re- they're really working a lot. And this is something I think they should focus on is a lot of the mental health stigmas of people who were affected by this event, but ha- haven't really talked to anyone or c- kind of dealt with it. So they, they want to get rid of that stigma of, uh, being afraid or thinking it's weak to go to therapy or weak to talk to someone about that. And so it's a lot of education, a lot of education, a lot of outreach and um, target messaging, trying to get people to come into non-traditional therapies and support services so that they can help uh, people heal um, as much as physically as in mentally too. Uh, Former uh, presidential candidate, Herman Cain, the former CEO of Godfather's pizza, uh, passed away after COVID-19. I was just going to run down like I don't know and I don't know that it matters what his uh, take on mask or quarantining or anything else were, but it was not all that long ago that he was diagnosed. Uh, July 1st, he was admitted to uh, Atlanta Hospital for treatment of COVID-19. Two days after he was uh, had tested positive for the virus, he had attended a Trump rally in Tulsa 11 days earlier. 
without wearing a mask or social distancing. Look, I know there's a great temptation to jump on here and say, well, that's what you get for not following the advice of medical experts because uh, I, I think that's a cheap way to get political uh, points. I mean, they're, they're pointing this out in his, in his uh, Wikipedia eulogy, uh, uh, obituary, I guess you'd call it. Uh, it says earlier on the same day, he went to the hospital. Kane praised South Dakota Governor Christy Noem for not requiring masks at an upcoming Trump campaign event. I guess uh, like a lot of people who who feel like we have not gotten a lot of leadership out of the White House would would like to use this and say, well, that's just desserts. You know, you were on the wrong side of this issue. He got COVID-19. He passed away. Um, he said uh, at the time that he was praising the South Dakota governor, mask will not be mandatory for the event, which will be attended by President Trump. People are fed up. Four weeks later, he was still hospitalized, being treated with oxygen. He passed away uh, earlier this morning from complications of COVID-19. I just wonder if that changes anybody's behavior, though, you know, who's anti-mask, anti-social distancing, who uh, believe things like it's a hoax. When you find out that somebody who kind of was on your side of the issue got the disease and passed away from the disease, does that change your mind at all? Or do you think that's part of the hoax? Well, you know, what's really tough with this, this disease is that it affects people so differently. You know, some people can be asymptomatic, some people can have mild mild symptoms, and then some people can have incredibly terrible symptoms. And so because it treats each person differently, it's hard. If you don't know somebody that it's affected directly, then you might not think it's a big deal. You might think that it, everybody's blowing it up or... You might have a friend that recovered easily. And I know? think that's part of the problem is that people are saying, like, I, I saw something on one of the news uh, Facebook pages the other day. They were talking about COVID cases and how many people died inside of a, a nursing home in Las Cruces. And I saw someone comment on it and say, oh, my, enough already. Like, we get it. But, like, I'm just tired of seeing this every single day. And I'm thinking in my head, if that was your grandmother or your grandfather mm-hmm. that died. Would you feel the same? Would you want to see someone right underneath that? Ugh, I don't care that your grandma died. Yeah, I'm I've so never, overseen that. Or a cousin never, or a brother or a sister with I, a immune. I've never thought that sticking your head in the sand approach was a good way to deal with any problems, whether they're a global or a personal level. It, you know, I, just the idea, I'm tired of this, so I'm therefore going to ignore it, is is probably not very proactive. In well, it's very cases. along the same lines as path of least resistance. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I mean, it's just, it, Look, I, I find I, it so if, offensive if that. Believe my, if I believed my own crap about path of least resistance, I wouldn't talk about any of this. I'd just avoid it. Mm-hmm. I'd only talk about beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be the easy way to do it. So yeah. when I say I'm like path of least resistance. We talk about both. Yeah. Uh, we do a little bit of each. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. So how did this uh, get started? Brandon, just uh, kind of like a recap. If I'm remembering correctly, because the chat has already well surpassed where all the stuff was. It was just somebody talking about how you need to do your own research. You need to think for yourself. um, And then making kind of outlandish claims about COVID-19 and that we're being fed lies by the media and we need to 
um, so do so, our own so this person this person's point was uh, do your own research and educate yourself and which wh- I replied to is generally something that somebody who has who formal education was too difficult for them. So now what they do is they jump online, they find articles that already confirm their own biases and then share those and hide under the, well, that's research claim. Yeah, I mean, unless the guy was really interested about COVID-19, so he went to med school and did that and did uh, four years of medical school and then did his residency. Oh, and also specialized in uh, immunology. Yeah, that's educating yourself. If what he means is I watched a couple YouTube videos of people who say it's fake. Well, technically, COVID-19 just showed up recently, so we're all educating. Everybody's educating themselves about it. Yeah, but you're not really in a position to be an expert on it unless you already have the basis of of all that medical uh, training, Mm -hmm. you know, and as we saw from those doctors who were out in front of the, you know, all dressed in matching lab coats, even if you did take all the classes and get all the grades and get a medical license, that doesn't mean you're necessarily an expert. Yeah. Like, can you tell the difference between a virus and a bacteria? I would hope that all doctors should know that. Yeah. Well, one is some some of those doctors were I R U S. Some of the some of those doctors in that video were eye doctors, so maybe they wouldn't know the difference between a virus and a bacteria. No, they definitely shouldn't. The, the eye doctor should. Well, yeah. how about the psychiatrist? Because not all of these were. I mean, that's basic science, and everybody that took a science class should know that. Okay. Um, here's the thing. When you say think for yourself, what that implies is that you're going to go out and you're going to listen to all these disparate opinions and voices. You're gonna wait and you're you not going to give any more weight to the expert opinions than you do to the cranks mm-hmm. or the quacks. When I say that thinking for yourself is overrated, what I mean is I think that has given a lot of people license to, I'm going to go look on the internet and make my mind up based on you know a few hours spent on the internet or i'm going to watch the pandemic video and that's going to make me an expert that that is not thinking for yourself that is going and exposing yourself and then being manipulated by whatever plays to your biases or you know uh whatever your preconceived stuff what that's not expertise and what has really taken a big beaten i think the past couple of decades basically since the internet is that experts don't know anything Mm -hmm. or you know thanks to this internet now we can all be experts nothing could be further from the truth uh some people just aren't good at telling reliable from unreliable sources that's why you've got flat earthers Mm -hmm. that's why you've got anti-vaxxers that's why you've got people who believe we never went to the moon so as an example i'm going to say that i can't really think for myself about what it's like on the moon because I've sure. never been in the moon, mm-hmm. on the moon. None of us have, unless, you know, Buzz Aldrin is driving by and listening to the show. None of us listening mm-hmm. have ever been to the moon. How cool would that be? <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love to meet Buzz Aldrin. But so what I have to do is decide who I trust to tell me what being on the moon is like. Uh-huh. Do I trust the astronauts who've been there? Do I trust the NASA scientists who put them there? Or do I trust a guy on YouTube who said it was a hoax? So thinking for yourself is implying that you're good at knowing what a reliable source is and not a reliable source. And that's one area where I think a lot of people overestimate how good they are. 
mm-hmm. that is you know telling the reliable sources from the unreliable sources that's why when a group of doctors some of them medical doctors some of them not come out and put on matching lab coats and say something that that bucks against what 99.99% of actual experts are saying that it's fair to question you know some of the other stuff they've said like the demon semen but that's the the interesting thing too is that when somebody looks at mass media or what the experts are saying if they get something wrong and they say, oh, well, I, the, the experts don't know anything yeah, because they didn't know. Right. Now they'll go to a conspiracy site or they'll go to somebody like Alex Jones. And it's like, see, and, and maybe Alex Jones just threw a bunch of darts at the board and he got something right. They're like, see, he knew this and they wouldn't report it. And it's like, well, what about the other hundred things he got wrong? He wasn't vetting his sources properly. He was just making outlandish claims. He happened to land on one. Has he ever, though? I mean, that's assuming he's actually done that, because I'm not even sure that he's... Just of a million times, I'm sure. Like, if you threw enough darts, you would eventually hit a bullseye. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know what what I find even more disturbing, though, is the people that disagree because they are an expert, right? Like, they wonder, how did this person get to that position? They're like, I don't trust experts because I don't trust how they got there. They're they're being pushed to that position. They're being manipulated to say these things to us. There's been a big assault on expertise as a concept yeah. and it goes back well before donald trump this but has where, been going on for a long from? time that the idea of being an expert in something is oh well you, you they're just being pushed there they don't really deserve it they just were friends with somebody or they're just in that position now they're trying to tell me you know what to do and i don't want i don't believe those guys they've all got an agenda well i mean i think a lot of it is hubris i think you you look at things you've probably made up your mind kind of what your worldview is by a certain age and then anything that goes against it you're just automatically hostile toward but why would you be hostile towards <laughs> profession like a professional class of people i just don't understand it's that. a mystery yeah uh, but it's it it encroaches on everything it's why you've got so many people who who doubt climate science you know it's it's a dis- like, it's a distrust because more often than not, it tends to be the people who don't understand what's being said. Mm-hmm. And your brain naturally wants to connect dots to things. It's why people are so Yeah, cognitive easily, dissonance. Yeah, it's why people are so easily sucked into conspiracy theories and things like that. Because the fact that the universe is chaotic and nothing is planned is very unsettling to a human being. So your brain is trying to connect dots where there aren't necessarily dots to be connected Mm -hmm. so what you're doing is you're assuming things because oh well it makes sense to me so therefore it now has to be this this is a failing in our in our education system and i think maybe something i I don't think it is i I think like i'm talking about way you don't know what i'm going to (laughs) say applying critical thinking skills is something that's not really taught and i think it should be it wasn't taught when i was in high school i don't know if it was ever taught but recognizing poor arguments Mm -hmm. or recognizing faulty logic did you have a class like that i never did no not in high school i didn't need to be told not to like i don't think anybody would have trusted whoever was in dr fauci's position like whoever was was the fauci doesn't matter if, if it was him or not. They wouldn't. Have oh, trusted. I bet there were vaccine deniers back when Jonas Salk came out with the pol- sure, polio vaccine. Sure, I'm saying vaccine. now, I'm sure though, were. in this case, it, it, he could be flipped out for any scientist, and just because he's the top one, people would like disbelieve him and think he's being manipulated or whoever it is. You know, just because he is the person in charge of the response. What, what I would like to suggest is thinking for yourself is overrated, 
especially if you're not good at it. <laughs> like, I notice that a lot of people who are always criticizing others for not thinking for yourself fall into a lot of different logical fallacies and pitfalls, and it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you haven't learned how to think. <laughs> that is, how to apply reason and logic. And it's a failing, I think, of the educational system. I mean, we teach a lot of stuff that you may never use again, but learning to tell the difference between truth mm -hmm. and what's true and false, uh, what's reliable, what's a good argument, what's a bad argument. You never studied that in school? Not in uh, public, not in school. Maybe college, I might have had it in some moral philosophy or something. Yeah, I think it was only like in debate class I might have. No, we, we had it in, uh, I mean, we had our science classes and stuff, and we would go through and you'd had to differentiate. Like, that's something that we did. The scientific method. Well, maybe. you went to a better school system than I did. <laughs> Apparently. I'll, I'll hand that to you, but. No, it was nothing. I mean, but a lot of my education was, uh, you know, accept what you're taught in church. And that even carried over into school. I mean, that was just like what it was like growing up in the Bible Belt. And I'm not laying this on religion's mm. door. You can be misinformed. God knows there are plenty of anti-vaxxers who, who aren't religious. So mm -hmm. I'm not trying to pigeonhole that. I, I, I'm just saying that. Uh, and I'm not laying it all on the internet either. I mean, it's an amazing resource that you could really go and look up what experts and what set, what's settled science, what's not debatable because it's been settled. But instead, people want to go to a pandemic video mm -hmm. or a zeitgeist video, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. It's humans are not, or a lot of humans are not really good at picking out what their good sources would be. Uh, Padilla has a question. Yep. He says that the safety guy at his job told everyone there that they will eventually get COVID-19. And he wanted to have some thoughts on that. Well, did I've the heard guy a lot mean, of people say that. Like, They're like, it's bound to happen. Well, like, it's just when you're going to get it. If you just take a model of the spread of the disease, like, there is no way that it will be... Uh, well, did everybody get Spanish flu? Um, I think that about uh, a third of the world came into contact yeah, with a it. Lot. So, and, but that's not everybody. Yeah. But you don't know how many people got antibodies for it. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> oh, uh, Edward Cullen got it. The Twilight reference. That's what we need is a vampire vaccine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we could live forever sure. and be sparkling. And date high school girls when we're 120 years old. Oh, what's when his name? I Roy Moore? Today, He'll be excited. When no, I woke up today, I was hoping is, to hear an Edward Cullen Guillermo. reference. Oh, Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo. Oh, are you watching what we do in the shadows? Bro, I've told you this like a bunch of times. <laughs> All right. You Colin love it, don't Robinson. you? I haven't finished it. I think I got through. I I made it past the part with Nick Kroll when well, they're battling. Like the count? Oh, no, that was like the, the Manhattan. vampire night, Manhattan nightclub party. That's a great episode. All of them are great episodes. Glad to see they got nominated for an Emmy. Colin Robinson. Somebody dropped a What We Do in the Shadows reference in the chat earlier. Appreciated it. Yeah. Didn't call it out, but I appreciated it. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are going to be back. That podcast, uh, we're not having any problem with that podcast, not are we? All. all right, podcast is running smooth, so uh, check it out. Get it where you get your podcast. Subscribe, and we will talk to you manana. Big Friday show coming up tomorrow, so so long.